Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. We're all aware of the role of design in creating exceptional products, be it um, houses, even cities. But the same products can be used in the creation of, of course, your favorite smartphone, uh, but they can also be brought to bear on pretty much any problem you can think of. This is the essence of design thinking. Now, the IRDG's Design Thinking Ireland conference takes place at the Helix on the 22nd to 23rd of June, and the event brings together experts in design thinking from across Ireland and Europe. And I'm joined by one of the speakers now, Leslie Tully, who's head of design thinking at Bank of Ireland. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Niall. Um, So let's just jump into your own history uh, and experience of design thinking, I guess, because you have sort of an artistic background, but with slightly entrepreneurial leanings. So I guess this this is a happy medium for you. Finally, it is, Niall. Um, So, yes, my my background, uh, I started uh, my my career, I suppose, in a family business. um, But one half of my family is is commercially minded. The other half is is creatively minded. I was somewhere in the middle. So I was always interested in how you can make creativity and commercialism collide. Um, So I studied design at uh, art school. I then spent 10 years working in the creative arts, um, primarily in the visual arts, running large fairs, um, which brought together the kind of creativity of the art world, but then the the real commercialism of the art industry. Uh, And it was a really interesting industry to get experience in. Um, And it taught me a lot about kind of how do you manage creativity in a business world and vice versa. Um, So that's always been kind of the through line of of my career. Um, And it was only when I was leaving the art world because of actually an interesting kind of irony about the art world. It is um, it's uniquely uninnovative in its business model. It doesn't really change all that much. And that started to really jar with me. Um, And despite all this amazing creativity going on around the art world, actually, the model never really shifts. So I started looking outward and kind of thinking, well, actually, where else could this 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 collision happen? And I started researching innovation models and design thinking being one that's been around for a long time. Um, And I I just got hooked and I brought in my experience with, you know, third level studying design and the art world and just creativity in general. Um, And. That was a couple of years ago. I've been doing it for the last now seven years. Um, and from working in the innovation, starting out in the innovation department of Bank Ireland, we've now spun up a new department, which is design thinking. And when we look at design thinking, it's, I guess on one level, you're looking at challenges as opposed to problems. You're looking at sort of big ticket issues that people are dealing with as opposed to sort of little day-to-day niggles i guess you know sometimes the uh, if you want to look at sort of uh, the shortest space between between two points being a straight line that might be a problem design thinking is slightly more circuitous i think it's fair to say yeah i'd agree um i think design thinking really comes to the fore when it looks at complex problems right that that's where it originated from the, the term wicked problems is there for a reason it's those big intractable problems that when you go to solve them the very solution makes the problem worse. Um, And we've lost them, you know, from like kind of global warming and health epidemics right through to the business world. 
Um, so yeah, it's best in my experience when it's tackling those problems. Otherwise, it's a misuse, and this is where it can kind of get into people thinking it's a fad and actually doesn't really work. It's the application of it around those big complex problems is is one of the most important uh, rules of of design thinking practice. And when we look at those rules, I mean, one nice example of um, maybe a, a preconception or an outdated uh, example of design thinking would be in Mad Men when Don Draper sits in his office and his boss comes in and says, you know, most of the time it looks like you're doing nothing. But of, of course, you know, the, the still waters are running deep. Um, design thinking is slightly more, um, I guess, or, organized that way. I know in Bank of Ireland you're using um, a particular five point model. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, we recognize there are fantastic practitioners out there in design thinking, IDEO being one of them. Um, And so we have adopted their five-point process, um, Double Diamond, uh, to, first of all, one of the big areas that we work within the bank is a learning development module amongst our staff to really socialize it as a methodology for our organization to use. Uh, And the five-point model is probably the best one we have found in terms of educating people through the process and its iterative nature. What we do a little differently uh, in addition to that is we use that as a process to get to, to run our sprints, but then we um, have integrated a new methodology, which is called hidden needs analysis. At the very front end, when you're at that empathetic and framing stage, uh, we've adopted hidden needs analysis, which is um, a process that has been designed by Dr. Keith Goffin of um, Crown Foods University. Um, and uh, we found that to give us significant uh, results in terms of getting those really deep insights that are all important when you're trying to design those product services and experiences that people will hopefully fall in love with. So um, when you identify a, a particular challenge and you decide, okay, look, the, the solution to this isn't at the systems level, it's more at the human level. How do you approach that? I mean, you, you, you alluded to this five point um, framework. So just take us through a little bit of the specifics on it. Okay. So, um, when we've identified an area, we have a hunch is what we call it. And we say, OK, look, this is an area we want to look at. We think it's important to explore this. Um, how we start is we start generating statements, right? We, 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 we start with that. And then we go into what we're calling the hidden needs analysis. So we do, which many of your listeners will be familiar with, we do ethnography or contextual interviews. We construct the questions ourselves. We go out, we interview, we film them. Um, but what Dr. Keith Goffin uh, and Dr. Ian Kieran's do, which is slightly different than needs, is it asks you when you get that data, right, when you've empathized and you've sat with people and you've filmed them and you get all this great thick data, what actually is your process for determining the quality of that data, right? And, and sometimes this is where design thinking can fall down. Our, our nature as humans is to see the world through our lens. So we start picking up anecdotal bits of information and all of a sudden that is what works its way through to the prototype. Whereas we stop and we say, let's take this data. What we do is we code it against a set of 12 criteria uh, and, it, and it debiases the information that's coming to us from those interviews. It gives us then a kind of a cluster of areas to work in. And remember, we're just at the first part of the process of this empathetic part Um, and it gives us the cluster of areas that we should really be focusing on within the insights and from there we go into our framing we would like to spend more time on framing like i think most design thinkers 
the constraints of time and resource and all that good stuff prevent us from doing that. Uh, but we certainly always try and allow for uh, a, a, a good chunk of time to allow us frame our problems correctly. Um, from there, we go into an ideation session. Uh, w- w- what's worked really, really wonderful for us is the cross-collaboration. Bank of Ireland is an unusual place in that it's a huge workforce. Right? We're about 11,500 people. And there are some parts of the business that will never have talked to other parts. So where design thinking is working really well is that cross-collaborative nature, you know, and uncovering the artists in the room that might be an accountant or might be in risk or compliance, getting them in and getting them ideating. And we're always very careful to point out that ideation only works when you've got those deep insights. So coming back to let's really uncover those hidden needs and use that as our pool of inspiration for us to ideate. The culture of prototyping is one that is relatively new in the way that we do it. Um, so we've lots of good exercises, all the stuff that you'd be familiar with, um, and getting people comfortable making. Right? Um, there is sometimes a bias in the financial services that you know everything has to be technology based. You've got to make this new, beautiful, shiny object. Um, we've shown with a lot of the sprints we've done, uh, and these are the work we do and the areas we focus on. They're they're expensive, they're complicated and they're and many times innovative new business models that we might be looking at. Um, so to present back to our senior management to say, you know what, we just mocked up a website around this business model and this problem and guess what, customers and non-customers said they're not into it. And it's been really refreshing for the organisation to see that you don't have to go out and spend hundreds and thousands of euros designing a whole new object. You can actually get good, strong feedback and insights from customers based on the 2D model. And from there you can, sorry, and from there you can figure out what's right for the organization to take forward and for customers. And when you're looking at the the length of the project, you you alluded there to um, using sprints would be short, you know, very short bursts of activity with uh, something tangible to show at the end of it. Uh, How do you structure a, a project you know, uh, when you've got these sort of five levels that you're working at, how do you decide which one is more important than the other? Or do, do you give each one sort of equal equal billing, if you will? So you'll go, look, for the next two weeks, we're focusing on defining the problem. We'll take two weeks in testing. Or do you decide, you know, do you know what? The, we think we've got this testing thing done. We'll, we, we can do it in a week. Yeah, I mean, we'd certainly like to get to that place. How we start is two two ways. One, with a big bank, right, and and, and with the level and the, the volume of, of, of customer um, challenges that that we may have at our disposal, we want to make sure that we're focusing our efforts in the right way. So we, we look at three things. We look at, is it a core issue for the customer, right, um, or is it in the adjacent or the transformational space, right? So we look at we look at those and we... And we rate them we give them a one to three uh, rating from there we'll say look this is a core area so it might be for instance you know fixing the mortgage buying journey for a customer right so that's core to our business um or it's a, it could be something more in the adjacent space like a partnership model with an energy company um so we give it that rating so that gives us kind of a framing of okay this is an important part for the business and for the customer base then what we do is we have a kind of an, an investment pipeline um, because there is a there is a large amount of investment both from from people in time and sometimes um, actual costs that go into to standing up sprint so we look at our pipeline and we say well look first and foremost how does this improve customer experience that's the first one the second is 
is this going to increase capability, enhance capability and develop uh, and expand our culture of customer centricity? And then the third is how is it going to impact growth for the business? And there are four key pillars that any project that needs to come into the pipeline has to hit. Um, Additional to that is unless an idea or a concept has come up three times, we don't consider it. So unless it's it's emerging and it's come from different sources as a key issue that we need fixed, we, we shelve it. When it gets through those four pillars, then we go into evaluation. We do a bit of due deal around what research do we have? What insights do we have? If we don't have those insights, we'll work with the business owner and go out and do those insights. So we'll sit with customers, we'll film them, we'll do all that good stuff. Uh, and then we get it into sprint. Now, the, the length of the sprint it depends on the depth of the problem. So if we're fixing something that's somewhat incremental, well, that could be two weeks. But if we, and we, we have a, a bias towards standing up longer sprints that are go deeper in terms of training people up in enhancing capability and really doing something more in the white space, then typically a sprint to us would be 10, 14 weeks. Um, there, as the capability within the organization is now getting enhanced, we're finding that actually the sprints are getting faster because people know it now. It's a language that they speak. But when we first started, some of these terms were were, were quite unusual. And, and let's face it, some of this work is quite messy, even for bankers. Um, so um, so we're getting more rapid in certain parts of the, uh, the process. But the speed is one thing. I suppose it's it's important as well when you're trying to push through and create new products or service or experiences, the creativity takes time. You need to let ideas germinate. You need to let the insights coming from the people you've spoken with settle with the team uh, and for people to, to, to think about it, to feel about it, all that kind of good stuff. So we like to build in that time into our sprints as well. I think that's a, a really salient point when you're when you're dealing with design thinking is the concept that, look, you're not going to turn everyone into artists. This is just a, a set of tools that can be applied and, and the, the solutions are always human centric. They boil down in some in some way to somebody going, Do you know, what? that's that's actually really nice or I enjoy using this website or, you know, that that ad was really effective. You know, it, made, it brought me to your business um, that when you're dealing with that sort of human centered data. Um, do you look to the sort of the, the qualitative stuff, you know, the person sitting in the room going, do you know what, that was a really easy website to use. I applied for my loan within three steps and it was great. Uh, or do you look to the traffic from the website and go, do you know what, there could be an issue here or do you know what, you know, we're, we're increasing here, but that could be off the back of an advertising campaign or is it off the back of the, the uh, website refresh? So we, we we do both. We we very much like the thick data, the talking to customers and non-customers and just people understanding where they're at. But then we really like the scientific data, the the, the work that our colleagues in in um, customer analytics do. Um, we're constantly plugging questions in, asking the data, and not ex- not necessarily expecting a result, um, but 
as you mentioned, scraping websites, understanding the behaviours around the, the, the question that we might set um, for the, our, our data scientists. So we, we, we more and more we're looking to marry the both uh, because you're missing you're missing a beat if you're not using the, the data scientists work in this work. Um, there, there's, there's a disconnect there. Um, and we found it to be a massive complement to understanding, right, are we on the right page here? We're hearing what customers are saying. We're understanding what their, their real challenges are. But actually, let's look at their journeys. Let's look at their behaviors around this challenge. Um, and, and it's been very revealing in some cases. And when it comes to having a problem brought to you for your attention, um, I mean, Bank of Ireland is a very large organization. I'm sure working within it can sometimes feel like, you know, it's steering a, an oil tanker or something like that. But, um, they, you know, what is the process for somebody coming to your department and going, you know what, here's a problem that we're or here's a challenge that we're facing. Um, what can you guys bring to the table? So this is a daily exercise uh, and it's a great question, Niall. Um, first and foremost, it's explaining uh, and educating um, our co- colleagues what is a design thinking problem and what, what is not a design thinking problem, right? So very often people come with problems where they're actually looking to exploit rather than explore. And it's explaining the difference. One of the most powerful tools we've used has been explaining the difference between being customer focused and customer centric, Right, that's been a massive game changer for the organization. Customer focus sounds right. You know, when, when people come with a clear and right problem, they think they're coming with the right thing. We're, we're quick to explain to them, no, that's not the area we're in. We're looking for people who have a hunch around a problem and they want to explore and understand the unknowns. Um, so, so that's the first piece we do with any of our colleagues that come and explain to them the need for a, what's the level of complexity around this issue who is the team that are going to stand up behind it? Because it's really important that we get people invested properly and that are willing to immerse themselves in the process. And then a sense of curiosity uh, to explore uh, and the people that are willing to help them. Um, so, so that's how we frame our problems or that's how we kind of frame our colleagues' understanding of coming to us with the right problems. And then it is about framing those problems correctly. So an example from our industry is people come to us and they're like, well, how do we get people to buy more mortgages? What we do is we work at reframing that statement. We say, well, actually, you know what? It could be more about actually how do we help non-customers buy a home rather than purchase a mortgage? And when we reframe it for our colleagues, they start to get it. They start to move from being customer focused to customer centric. This is not about selling mortgages. This is actually about helping people get a home, get security and progress in their lives. That's what we're really about here. Yeah, so it's, um, it's very much the answer comes from within the customer as opposed to imposed without by the company. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, so I guess well, when, it, when you are sort of talking to people internally, um, how, do you, how do you find the uptake on it? I mean, are you, are you fi- finding maybe from middle management upwards there might be a degree of scepticism or is it a fairly level playing field from, you know, the person on the till all the way up to the, the, the C-suite, if you will? So what's been interesting about our design thinking journey within Bank Ireland, similar to innovation many years ago, there's a, there, there is a similarity between the two. Um, people don't know what design thinking is and yet we've hosted 
breakfast mornings, we've done weekend work, we've got people coming at lunchtime for soup and sandwiches, and they've turned up not knowing what the term means, but wanting to learn more. So that's kind of taught us something that, look, there's a hunger there for people to be educated, to um, uh, unearth and embrace their creativity a little bit more. Um, I suppose... Our only challenge has been um, not necessarily resistance to design thinking, but people understanding how they can do it in their daily lives. And that's our work as a function to show people, look, this is something that you can use at the right point in your working working week. Um, it's not for everything, and we're quick to point that out as well. But the resistance has really been around just people understanding its right um, approach and, its, and, and the right, um, what's the word, um, uh, um, I think it's it's right uh, application in the business. There's been pushback around that. Having said that, you will never scare bankers more than if you ask them to draw something or to be creative on the spot. Uh, it's been hilarious to see uh, the resistance and the fun that we've had with people who are really smart, really educated and just terrified of being creative in public. Um, so that's always a bit of fun that, that we have. Well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Niall. And Leslie will be speaking at Design Thinking Ireland from the 22nd to 23rd of June. And for more information, you can visit the website designthinkingireland.ie. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.